Today's Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. You've heard me talk about Cufflinks before. You know all the awesome, geeky, as well as super high-class products they have. And if you check their homepage, they're always listing a bunch of deals for you. And, of course, I did just tell you one, DVR20. So go ahead and use that. And you know what? You still got to look good, people. We know you got to be careful out there. We still got corona going on, but you can still look good if you're zooming it or even if you're just walking past someone looking outside a window. So head on over to cufflinks.com today. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does, the mayor of Kingstown, baby. We're here to talk about episode seven, Along Came a Spider. My name is Axel Foley, and with me, of course, is my great friend, the man himself, Mr. Heath Solo. How you doing, Solo? I'm doing great. I got my shovel, my... uh what is it called? Metal detector. <laughs> <The> meter. <laughs> Metal detector. I, I couldn't remember. I, I'm like staring at it. Like I, I'm ready to go. You know, knocking off feds, doing you know, ready to rock before this Christmas holiday. Yes. in Kingstown. Yes, that's true. We should start off by saying thanks again to everyone who is listening, who is downloading. We appreciate it. I want to give a shout out to Gail from our Facebook group. I know she's getting into the show. And of course, hello, Gina and Brett, who have sent us some feedback in the past. Our patrons and longtime listeners and fellow podcasters you can head on over to DVRpodcast.com. Or if, hey, it's the holiday what? spirit. If you if you want to if you want to support the pod, you can go to patreon.com slash DVR or give us a nice review like Omar and New Orleans Barrister have done, those great people. Now, before we start today, Solo, talking about this amazing episode, everything's coming together in Kingstown, but our man, Taylor Sheridan, had a premiere of another show called 1883 this week, and I just wanted to ask you really quick, did you see it? I have not yet. Um okay. But I have it. Well, I got, you know, of course, the Paramount Plus. Shout out to Paramount Plus. Yep. They do good work over there. We love them. Uh, but they they did a uh, sneak preview. So we recorded it on the DVR. Not the DVR network, but our DVR, okay. which was provided by the DVR network because it go, monitors baby. everything I watch. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it it's interesting because this week's episode of Yellowstone had an extended teaser of – from 1883 i don't know if it's from the show i think it's just they've done it once this season so it's mm-hmm. kind of to like promote the show and yes. get you because it's all yep. tied in yep. you know to the dutton family but y- y- so it looks it looks fantastic i'm definitely going to dive in over the holidays and <clears throat> tim mcgraw looks like he bulked up Dude, he, he's great. Um, I loved 1883, and I just wanted to suggest it to everyone. If you're listening to this podcast, then you probably watch Yellowstone, or you've you've seen a bunch of the other shows, SOA and such that we talk about. And Taylor Sheridan wrote and directed the premiere of 1883. He created the series. 
it's a prequel to Yellowstone in this, in the sense that it takes place hundreds of years before and like the people are just or about a hundred years before and people are coming to the actual land so it's not like any of the same characters or anything but um it's fantastic and just if you love kingstown you're gonna love 1883 it's its own thing too like even if you don't watch yellowstone you don't need to watch yellowstone to watch that at all so there's no connection really um, and Tim McGraw is awesome, dude. That was like the surprise of the, I mean, it's just the casting. It's just like, you know, it's just like we come to see here on mayor of Kingstown where I messed, I, I mixed up who Sam was and everything. Well, Hey, we know who Sam is now because he's kicking ass in this episode. You know what I mean? Like there's just so many great characters and 1883 is the same way. So I look forward to hearing what you, I know you're going to love it, dude. The first episode is kick ass. You know, it's funny, <clears throat> you know, we got Sam, the great Sam Elliott in this show. And then a few episodes back this season, of Yellowstone, Taylor Sheridan's character talks about how his favorite movie is Roadhouse. Yep. And Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott is of course in Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. So I, I love the that little shout out there, a little Easter egg. And Taylor cool. Sheridan is in um, 1883, very briefly, just like in Yellowstone, he's loves to race horses really fast and then they, and then have them slide. I guess that's like kind of a rodeo thing, you know, and he does that same thing in 1883 really quickly. And also, um, Rebecca, Nicole Galicia is in 1883 really quickly as well. She has a very small part. I don't know if she's going to return to the show. But she had a very small right. part in the premiere. I love it. I love the yeah. Taylor Sheridan world he's building. Um, and, and I'm okay with seeing the same actors because we love them. Yeah. I mean, these are all great actors. There's a reason why Taylor Sheridan's put everyone in different shows because, you know, and, and, and uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So and they're always I'm in, ones, man. man. You know, we get to see new, like old faces, but then you meet new people too. Yeah. I love it. All right. So this episode, episode seven, Along Came a Spider, directed by Clark Johnson, baby. Yeah, baby. I, I shouted from the hilltops yeah. when I saw Clark Johnson directed. Go into a little Clark Johnson. We we well, uh, we think, love a little Clark Johnson. Yes. I think most people probably know him from an, as an actor on The Wire. And how... Um, uh, Homicide Life on the Street yes. is where he really got his before the wire. But yeah, Homicide Life on the Street, baby, which is I was going to mention, too. But I think even though the wire has become so popular, but still, I asked so many people, have you actually did you ever watch the wire? No, I never really saw it. So I still, I still think that there is kind of a disconnect. Um, so, yes, Clark Johnson, though, for the wire, and he has directed so huh. much stuff. I mean, I can't. If you his IMDb would take you like a day to list. He's directed so much stuff, and it's all great shows that we've all watched. Plus a bunch of shows that you're like, what? I didn't realize that he would direct that. So he's and I mean he's acted in so many films, so SWAT, right? Like so much stuff. Um, but he just has a real presence, and he of course is affiliated kind of with 
the shield SOA, like this whole kind, these whole, whole, all kind of like manly men shows that all these folks are doing. Clark Johnson will definitely turn up directing that if it's gritty and it involves like payoffs and, and backstabs and money and, and motorcycles. Backstabs Backstabs and money. All that new pod coming out. Backstabs, bears, backstabs and and boobs. That's what this, this show could be called. But um, yeah, he's a great director, great actor too. And this episode was written again by Taylor Sheridan and Hugh Dillon. Um, Just another awesome episode things are coming together, man. Um, we're, we're, we're jumping right in. We got a little, before I even forget, <clears throat> I wanted to mention, we do get that quick scene with our serial killer. He's back for just a quick, quick yes. se- very quick. James I thought of Parker. you. Yeah. Cause I know that's going to, that has something to do with something. And really what we're seeing now is that everything we've been watching build up as we saw in the last episode, in this episode two, the pieces come together. We're finding out more clues. We still don't know what's buried in the fucking field, though. Though I have a couple guesses, and I want to hear some of your guesses. But um, let's start off talking about what we start with, which is Sam making his way through the women's prison and being very... <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh. It takes this guy, like, <laughs> they're literally describing to him, this is what they're going to do. And then what happens, this this um, prisoner does that, and he falls for it. What is up with this dude? It's just his lot to be a fuck up, Sam. Dude, he's a sucker. Yeah. I mean, what is wrong with him? I know he's young, but you would think, you know, you're there for your protection, okay? What do you think the women, pr- like... The one, the one that really is starting to hook him, uh, the, the real sexy one. But yeah, you can I think tell, her name maybe is she's Sherry. A, Sherry, okay. Yeah. She, my first guess. Oh, she's affiliated. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, and and he, she's just playing him right off the bat, and he gets caught by Miriam. He's like smiling. He makes a comment, and he's lost in her already off the bat. And Miriam comes around and I'm like, oh, busted, you know, and she 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 basically lays into him and which I love. Um, but, you know, he I mean, and, and, you know, it turns out, you know, she's leading him on. He's walking around, you know, bed checks at night and the vi- the cell phone. He's yep. getting busted staring at her. Exactly. I mean, again, it's just like the letter thing. It took it took yeah. this dude like a couple days and the way that they keep on coming back to it in the episode. I really like that because, and I always, one thing I do like about this show is when they stay with a scene, it's more intense, but they don't have a problem jumping, having a quick scene, then going to another scene, another scene, another scene. And I think that they do a very good job of balancing out the storylines and for this, I mean, how many, how much dialogue does he have in the whole episode, Sam? He's like a main player, but I think he, all he really says is like, lights out, you know, like close A22, yeah, A17, go down the hall. He doesn't even, it's all in his face yeah. and, and all just looking. 
and and physical physicality on Cherry's part. And um, they, I think they did a really good job of this, just kind of leading us right from the intro to be her getting her friend. And you see the way the other women are involved, which I think yeah. you're right about her being affiliated or they already knew he was coming there. You know what I'm saying? Like we right. know what happened. He shot one of the black prisoners in the back there after him. So it doesn't take a genius to figure it out, but he thinks he's safe. You he know, thinks he, it's nothing. He thinks it's, it's day, it's daycare or kindergarten yeah. or whatever the heck. Like he feels like it's no big deal. And even when Miriam's like, listen, there's, there's not much difference between the male and female prisons, you know, yeah. they're, <laughs> they're in there. They're, yeah, I forget what she said, the, exactly what she said, but how they're alike. But they, you know, they act the same. They talk the same. They, they are trying to survive the same, um, you know, paraphrasing, of course. But it just it made, it makes a lot of sense when you're like, oh, woman's prison. I'm here for my prote- protection. No, they're just as bad. I mean, it's a prison system, whether it's male or female. I mean, you know, plus being a, you know, young, good looking kid and then being an idiot, he's so easily to manipulate, gives them a new toy, yeah. you, you know, and it's the same thing happened with him with the men, you know, the, in, a, in a different way, not with sexuality, but it's just they, they eat him up alive right off the bat. Now, the thing I wonder about is if we're going to see an intersection here of more who is that's his um i forget i i I'm, i can't remember his uh his first name but he plays captain moore the actor is michael beach who we've seen a million he's been yes. in a bunch of stuff too um he that's his nephew now it's, no is it's it? not michael beach's oh, oh nephew it's it's the other guy um oh, damn it sorry guys I, I apologize i'm a little off today with character names uh, maybe i'm off every week no it's um <laughs> the, the the taller the taller African-American oh yes you're guy. right michael you're, beach is a, a supervisor okay michael beach is a supervisor okay okay but st- it's still what, what i'm gonna say still holds true which is finding out about when we later get into the whole shenanigans and the warden and it's basically outed what happened with the child molester right and right. how what what the what the other what the biggest gang the prison guards are really doing behind the uh, backs i wonder if there's if they're setting up a sort of exchange right like uh with sam again and it, it's because even though we see an escalation happening everything seems to take these steps, right? Like people really don't want it to happen, right? So so are they gonna really try to take out Sam or I wonder if they're going to intercede with what's going on with the warden and all that and say, hey, look, this is that maybe even out Sam, like we, the reason why this all happened was because of this and then the warden kind of figures it out. I'm wondering if there's going to be a moment Ooh. like that or if it's just going to ju- all blow up. Right. It's either all going to blow up or they're going to serve Sam up. I like that. Mm-hmm. Like he's the patsy. Yes. Like why we transfer him. The real reason why mm-hmm. is because he, the letter and he made a deal with them and you know, you know what, who knows? I mean, it might be, 
knowing them, they're going to want to save their own ass, especially Ed. Ed ain't falling. He ain't going to prison. Yeah. He ain't getting fired. I have a feeling. And then that is going to, in turn, uh, cause some friction, of course, with his uncle being in, in, in the yeah. group. I mean, it, it really has a sense. But, you, you know, you see Ed's face when they're having like the Attica meeting <laughs> in the uh, in the room. Um, it's just this guy is just like, you know, you put shit in a bowl, you, you beat the hell out of me, you sprayed shit at me, you keep me, you know, in lockdown. And he he doesn't care. He doesn't care about the ramifications that the guards beat him up or kill him. I mean, because that does threaten like you're a freaking dead man. But, yes. how, but, 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 how, I mean, do they, is Ed that stupid? The blowback after speaking to the warden, giving all this information, and if he dies, if he gets killed, I mean, <sighs> How far can you go, Axel? Or how low can you go? Well, that's Death what... Death what a brother knows. <laughs> I, uh, base in your face, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that is, that's the question. We're seeing that with Milo. We're seeing it with Mike. That's what we're coming into this story is at this kind of, you know, inflection point when all this stuff is going down and it's been brought this way, mainly I'm glad you mentioned Ed, you know, they do a little thing on Paramount plus they, they have some behind the scenes clip, but then they also have like a, a longer, um, a little section there where they have, uh, I, I think they just call it like into the, a deep dive or something. It's like right under the episodes and they interview each of the cast Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. always start out with James Jordan and they're like, I'm like, this guy's going to get a hosting gig. He's a good host. Like <laughs> the, when the other actors are kind of telling about their scenes, they're really talking about their motivation and everything. But he is really good at saying like, so this is what's happening. These guys are well, upset. You know what I'm saying? Axel, I'm thinking when Paramount Plus gets, gets us a show yes. covering all the Taylor Sheridan shows and stuff. We have him on. We have James Jordan on all the time. That's it, dude. He'll be like our number one guest. He'll he, be like our number one guest. He could be our co our permanent co-host. We'll just bring him right. on. We'll do a threesome up in this. Yeah, like you know, I could see that. That's what. That's what. That's where we're headed, Axel. We are, baby. We're going to Paramount Paramount Plus, baby. We're doing it, Paramount Plus. Um, yeah, he'll, James Jordan will be our co-host. But they do a little behind the scenes thing, and he's really good at kind of laying it out. And the one, the thing that he really emphasizes is that he's a gang leader. He sees his role on the show as Ed, as basically I'm, I'm the strongest gang leader and right. I right. have to bring down these other gangs that are inside my home. Like they live inside his home. And I thought that that really... You should watch those people because the, the, the little um, the bits they people. give are really good. And uh, I hadn't really considered I had we had talked about it that way, but I hadn't fully considered that type of mindset. Like you're saying, mm. why is he going to these lengths? And it is this affiliation, right? Like, even though this seems to me to literally be the worst fucking job you couldn't pay me. You could, it would, it would be a prison sentence to work in a prison. Like why was, someone would ever work in a prison. Could you imagine that solo? Follow. 
I was literally just, just watching a little before we came on today. I was just throwing it on the background just to, you know, and I was thinking the exact same thing, especially with the shots they use, like Clark Johnson in this episode. It gets a little, he's got some nice tight shots and you feel like you're there. And I'm like, wait a minute. When, when they come to work, they're like going to prison. And if something goes wrong, you're stuck. I mean, I, I, I just, it takes a lot. Yeah a lot of, of humanity of, of your inner being to, to, to work a job like this, because what, you know, I was thinking that like when he's getting, uh, when Sam's getting reamed out by Miriam, I'm like, man, what, you know, I was thinking if you're nice to, if you're nice to them, they'll take advantage of you. If you're mean to them, then they may try to attack your family on the outside or do something. It's like, it just seems like a no win situation. No. Well, the whole thing is, terrible and i think this show does a really great job of like other shows have done of showing how basically the whole prison industrial complex it doesn't work no one is being reformed no one is the the object is supposed to be we reform prisoners in america we don't punish and it's just totally punitive and then it just turns people into gangs and it's territorial yeah. and also but the gang is not just about hurting people. It's that's the people they love, right? Like that's a thing that we have to understand too, that for Ed, these other men and women that are, these other guards are his family in the same way that P dog sees people as his family or Duke sees people as his family, right? They're tribes. Yeah. They're as exactly. Miriam was, tell, was, was teaching. And it was funny because a uh, lady soul was like, damn, I wish I had a teacher like that. Because <laughs> like when Diane Weist is playing the character, I'm like so into her lessons. Mm. I would listen to her all day long. There's got to be an audio book of her or something teaching. But it's just like, and, but the way I love how her lesson of the day reflects the episode. It reflects like, you know, like you said, the tribes, even like in high school, you have your cliques, you, you, you just, you make friends and people have, you know, it's everywhere in prison. It's about survival, still making money on the inside. Cause you have affiliation. Most people have affiliation as well over the wall. So it's a whole business, like, you know, yeah. it's, just, it, it, it's crazy. It, it, and the lesson that she was teaching and also about the way that she was talking about America that we, and it's interesting because it made me think Taylor Sheridan wrote this episode. He's also writing 1883. And that's, that is one of the things I loved about that show was how real it was and how they were talking about America as a, like a growing nation at that time. And mm -hmm. the way, what her point is that we're past that point We're past, she says, we're past the point of competition. We have to move into, into the time of cooperation. Right. And you really see that all around the world. And you see that in our country now with, you know, all these, you know, you have billionaires and then people who are worried how they're going to take care of their kid because they're home from school with COVID. You know what I'm saying? Like right, or COVID right. closed the school. You can't, we don't have a system that takes care of people. We don't have that cooperation because our American system and so many of the systems in the world are based on competition and growth, which we did need at a certain time, right? Like 
When you need to build the house, you have to work. But after you build the house, guess what? You can live in it. You don't need to fight the bears to keep them out. They're not coming in anymore, right? But we keep on acting like they are. And that's one of the things what Miriam's saying, you're right, has so much to say about what's going on in the prison, which is that the prison guards don't need to treat the prisoners like this. They're all trapped inside this system. And the, the, the warden actually seems like a really decent guy. Now, perhaps he is somewhat naive, right? Yeah, I felt I, I was with you. I felt like this guy really does care. Yeah, but he's freaking naive as hell if he doesn't think shady shit's going on. That's the problem, <laughs> you know. It's, is that, yeah, he doesn't realize that he is really that. Even though Ed is the leader of the gang, he's supposed to be the leader of the gang. He's the warden, so right. it's kind of like he's law. You know, he it, it, and it's that. I mean, you know, it gets back to it's like what Walking Dead has done a million seasons on. When do you become the animal or when, you know, when does society actually happen or when do you have to act tough? And the warden doesn't really want to act tough, right? He wants to try to negotiate and work things out, um, which is this cooperation. But if everybody doesn't cooperate, you need everyone to do it is what Miriam said too, right? Like, yeah. And, and that's the big thing is them reneging on their deal with the criminals. There's no cooperation there. And that's what set a lot of this in motion. Um, of, and it's getting worse. And the cycle is happening. Yet, you know, who knows? With the warden, he just seems, this guy seems like, I don't know if he's on his way out or if he's thinking of politics or thinking of his next gig, but he does seem to care. But he's just so out of the loop of what's really going on, who's really running the asylum, who's running what's going on. And I think he's trying now to find and find out what's going on. And so we'll see what investigation, I don't know if this is going to be, like you said, a big thing. They'll have a patsy. It'll screw things up. You know, it may destroy what they have. Um, But it was good to see our boy Carlos back. I was like, oh, there yes. he is. He's yeah. one of the when, leaders. I love that. And that dude. was He's interesting, great. too. We got to see, okay, so they took out Carlos. They took out basically the white slash Aryan, right? Slash. Yeah. They also called them the Slavs at one point. I think Mike said that, too, right? Um, right. Leader. And then there is uh, then P-Dog. But then there's another black dude, too. So, which brought uh, like that's so where, I think you were right with the Muslims. Yes, if, are they? I think you, you had called that. Yes, Cause some, I'm sorry, real quick. Because sometimes, because most of the times, at least the prison, the prison education I have is that the Muslims are separate from the blacks. That's what I understood. That's how I right. the, from the gang from the black gangs. Yes, right. Like the Crips right. or the Bloods, and then right, you, you right, would have right. like the black Muslims would be a separate group. That's correct. Exactly. And this education comes from TV and film. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Oz. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but it, it does. And one thing I want to say, Axel, real quick, and I just so I don't forget it. Um, I absolutely I hope to God someday I can work with Taylor Sheridan, at least one line on one day. I don't care. This guy, the amount he doesn't just write a fun script that, you know, follows the three act structure. 
he adds so much and he's like like i love learning things and like we had talked about the native american uh you know his, his connection with that and stuff he's bringing in that i don't think is really done before maybe maybe probably not to this extent of of lessons and different themes and it all tied in but it's remarkable yeah. it's remarkable what he's doing and i know this show is may not be for everyone it's a dark show it's not an uplifting show but it's a damn freaking good show it's the best show of the year in my opinion uh next to the flight attendant i really like the flight attendant <laughs> yeah, <that was laughs> so that was a great show me too that was great but but this but i, I am just in awe at over the last what seven years or whatever since you know he started writing his films and you know wrote the three films in 12 months or whatever i mean this guy is a talent he's smart and he's building an empire he's building a, he tri- a big tribe Man, but I'm, it's I'm, like and i'm in i'm in yes. all the way anything's taylor sheridan i'm in dude i'm in you think about the do you think <sighs> about the big showrunners that people and really it's like shonda rhimes ryan murphy there are of course many many others greg berlanti yeah. Um, people who have many different shows and also though spread themselves thin right also though are very hit or miss and so far taylor sheridan has done almost the impossible which is that he seems to be able to keep writing for all these shows creating new shows they're just as good. The quality is just as deep. He doesn't seem to be taking any quick jobs to get his name out there. But man, he really is becoming like one of the major creators in television. See, and he's already, I mean, I he's mean, not his film. That's without even talking about his films. Yeah, right. The films I mean, it's kind of like feels, feels like the evolution of you know like tyler perry i mean the, there you the, go yeah um, unbelievable enterprise tyler perry has created which a lot you know i don't know a lot I, i'm sure a lot of people know but it, it's i mean if you really go into it that that tyler perry has done oh my god the amount he just he's built an empire and i just feel that it might be a little niche right now when i say niche niche or niche i mean it, it hasn't spread out so all the you know globally probably as big while well, yellowstone's doing well you know but it, it's it's happening and it's right in our wheelhouse i mean i never i never thought i'd be watching you know uh, horses getting trained and different <laughs> that's things what I'm but, saying. I, that's but, right but i'm dude. sucked in yes because it's are, done yes, so freaking exactly. well we are not we did not it. grow up on farms so long no. <laughs> no, we, we are suburban boys. northeastern people yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, that's, it, we were shoveling, shoveling sidewalks and shit. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. riding horses though. Actually, I, I, I always do say I did grow up at the foot of the Wachung mountains in New Jersey, which you can't even really tell it's a mountain cause there's so much concrete, but we did have some horse stables <laughs> and I've always, and we both love there, there is a certain, you know, and as, Miriam said in one of her lessons about man's, um, you know, uh, detachment from nature. And as we see Mike mm. talk about it and the bear comes back in this episode, oh, that has so a lot. That's, I think that that type of writing that's infused even in this show where, 
I mean, there is a reason why you have this show set in a very bleak urban landscape. I mean, I just, the way they keep on shooting that main road that the office is on is it just really, I mean, we've all driven down a road like that before and you probably wanted to keep on driving. Um, or you were like, <laughs> I got to get the fuck out of here pretty quick. It doesn't right, right. nice. I got to do what I got to do. But to have Mike at that cabin, you, you're always, that is at the heart. I think that man is it, it's, I don't even want to call it man versus nature. That man is nature is what I think Tyler Sheridan feels that I Taylor and it comes through this, uh, this show, even though it's set in the urban wasteland and you wait see, a minute, Axel. That? So is this a Tyler Sheridan show? So we, we got the wrong Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean He's to interrupt you. Actor. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about just to kind of dig down yeah. into the prison stuff, because I think okay. the, the, when we, we start off with the prisoners turning their backs, kind of, you know, an elevation of the lockdown, like we're not going to eat, we're going to do a, a hunger strike, which then brings the press in, blah blah blah. Right? They don't want that, so they want to have, they want to kind of meet every, get everyone to meet. As we talked about, it ends with P Dog basically outing everything. We took, mm. we took your garbage out, and the warden's like, what? And I think also that's the the thing I want to say is Captain Moore. I don't think Captain Moore knew about that, right? It was Ed, and I actually I think that it, I'm gonna say, I, I, yeah, I don't think that Captain Moore knew about that. That's why when he said too, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this, I started to think, it who is his that's connection, right? Because if Ed right. is not gonna tell him what's been going on, then it's going to be Sam's uncle, right? Because that just because that's the characters we know, and he's the other right. guy in the room, right? So that's the thing that I, the thing that I'm interested in seeing is what is going to happen now that the now that that has come out. And it's like P dog really had no other choice, right? His, his every all of his leverage had been taken away. Right, the whole prisons right. in lockdown. He's in. He's in adsec, right? Mm -hmm. And the yard has been taken over too because the other three groups have joined together against him. Right. So he has no choice in his mind but to just kind of fuck it, you know. And he even says to him, <laughs> he's walking out. He's like, I wasn't going to say anything until you told me not to, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. That was a great right? line. And he's like, you're a dead man. He's like, yeah, you better kill me before I shank you in your fucking head. <laughs> I, like, I love P-Dog, man. And he's Dude, he's built. Too, he's dude. good. Fuck with P-Dog. Yeah, no, I'd be like, I'd be peeing on the way myself. He, he took dog. like five minutes to put his shirt on, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. And Ed's like, I can't fucking beat him up because we're about to go meet with the warden. Uh, that whole uh, thing was great, man. I, I just... I just think that the dynamics they are playing and like you said too, I like the learning aspect of it. I like that I'm sitting there having to think like, why is this guy doing that? Why is this guy yeah. doing that? And for it all to just get exposed like that at the <sighs> end 
was amazing. I didn't, did you think he, I didn't think he was going to do that. No, I, 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 I did not. I thought there was something was going to happen, but I didn't expect him to spill all the beans. I did not <laughs> at all, which, cause I was so like, I guess I was so and, and that's the one thing about this show, Axel, I get so sucked into it that I like normally in shows, I'll always be thinking ahead. What's going to happen? Oh, this is setting this up. There's times in the show where I just kind of lose it and I become a fan and I just I'm enjoying the moment and I, I'm waiting for things to happen without trying to overthink it, you know, or, you know, because I, you know, I watch shows <laughs> in different mindsets and we have to talk about it. <laughs> that's the thing. So I try to shut up. So I, at that point, I shut my mind off. And I was just focused on it. And I'm like, holy shit. So, um, so I got a quick, quick question. I know we're going to probably go to the Russian storyline and all that. But so uh, is Milo at a different prison? Well, yeah, I believe he is. Cause right? I, because they they have, I think that my, if I was trying to figure this out too, I believe he is because I think the prison that they show for Milo has a lighter, more white exterior where mm-hmm. our main prison is more gray. Now, they might they're probably just shooting at the same place we know and it's a, but it, or it's just a room or they're using the exterior the same exterior or whatever. Um but I do think that it's a different prison just like the woman's prison is different because they did say that there are what five prisons. Remember the town yeah, it was like seven or yeah, nine. I think or, the, or it was a lot. It was a big amount. Yeah. yeah, I think in the in the real town, there's like nine, and in the show they made it like seven or something like that because it, it right, because right, it right, is right. based on where Hugh Dillon grew up. So I think Correct. it is a different prison, and um, because they do when they show Mike enter that prison, they've never shown that those people to us before. Right. That's right. And it's a total. De- yeah. Yes. There's okay. No good guards. Call. We know. Cause I, I was yeah. thinking Milo would probably be, I'm assuming Milo would have been in that meeting if he was in that, you know? So yeah, Oh, exactly. Jesus. Or he would have been right. He would have been one of the leaders or part of it or something. I, yeah, he's at a different plate. That was pretty cool though. Yeah. Right. When Mike, when they show Mike that whole process of fan your money out, he's got this much. You know, and I was, I, yeah, I was like 1800 bucks. I'm like, damn. I'm like, I was there. Of course, when it comes to money and movies or shows, like if a bag of money gets lost and people are fighting and then they go off somewhere, I'm like, what about the money? I'm like, I'm like, I was looking, is that guard going to take a couple hundred bucks for himself? That's well, I mean, that's the thing is to me, that scene was like, why, why do they need to take a picture of the money? And it's because the guards will steal it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they can't be worried that the prisoners are going to steal it. The prisoners are not there. They're locked up. So they're really Crazy. just taking the picture because they know the guards are so crooked. And, and it was just, I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. They didn't need to show that. Like, that's what I mean. There's good pacing in this show. Like, even if they take a little longer for a scene it's not always something that's so directly connected to the plot. Like maybe it is, maybe Mike's going to get in trouble for having that much cash. I don't know how that would be, but I just think it was really a little bit of that life and that world 
that it was really worth taking an extra three minutes of time, you know, to show that whole process. And it no, also, it, it, yeah, I'm okay. sorry. It, I, no, I agree. I was just, yeah. And it showed you the guards in your life, words. dude, right? Like, like we're talking about, this was a good episode that made me think a lot about the prison guards, especially with Sam. We see what he's going through, but that let us see kind of the monotony of the prison life. And then it was interesting, like with Sam, when he was like, ah, it doesn't seem too bad yet. And they're like, wait till bedtime. And you just right, right, thinking right. about, I mean, could you imagine that that really is your job? And it's just like Mike and like Miriam is saying. And then like what Kyle later says, like when they're talking about whether he wants a boy or a girl and he's like, well, if it's a, if it's a boy, what, why would I even want, what does he grow up in this shit? Yeah. Like the whole town is a fucking prison, man. Yeah. You know, what's funny too is, uh, well, a couple things I want to like, you know how we had the extended execution yeah. episodes ago. And then this one was a lot faster, but we already had been there. So we know the process. So it wasn't just like a cheap, it got to the heart of the scene, what it needed to do. We didn't need to go through it again, but I'd like that we've experienced it. So even though the scenes may be two minutes, we, you know, we've been there before as an audience member, but so when I was, when, when the warden's looking at the phones and stuff and I was just thinking, Oh, wow, Mike w wasn't able to achieve what he wanted to. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was two weeks. It, 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 he said, that's not a lot of time. Uh, Cause you know, they wanted to keep him alive in order to suffer. So I, I just thought that was a quick moment that was, I don't know if it's going to come back later or what, but that Mike couldn't, there was something he couldn't fix. It was something he couldn't do. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And let's not forget that that guy works at the DA's office, yeah. right? Correct. So right. it's a connection to hit to Ellen Foley, who we haven't seen in a while. And yeah, I believe Evelyn, I'm sorry, Ellen Foley is my grandmother. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's a connection to what's going on with the little meeting we saw with the cops and the feds, right? Mm -hmm. um, who's who's going to press charges against who? Who's in charge of what? That little meeting was a cool, we got a little kind of peek into that process as well, which I thought was important because one of the things coming out of last episode was my main thing I'm thinking, and we talked about too, is like, there's like dead FBI agents here. That's like national news. If two FBI agents got gunned down somewhere, that would be on CNN or something. You know what I'm saying? Like that's taking it to an extreme level. Right. And as, as Mike says to Milo too, so I, I like the way that we're seeing how extreme that they are taking it in an extreme way, right? Like all the feds show up when they finally find the other body. But we also see it in that little meeting we get. Um, we get those two kind of little, the warden and the, and the, and the, um, the guards. And then we get, you know, Kyle, Mike, um, Ian and the FBI people, as well as their, their captain, talking about how things are going to work out things are kind of heading up when we start seeing these groups like this together 
it's like we keep on talking about, like we get, we see the kind of how the gang meetings, it really does just, it's just a bunch of gangs, just a bunch of dudes with guns and a couple ladies, uh, ganging up on each other and plotting, uh, plotting against each other. But, um, we should talk a little bit about, um, what's going on basically with Mike and kind of his, his journey, this episode, um, he can't even get into his office. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. It's like, we got to switch cars. He can't. And he he pulls up the bunnies in the new, in the purple. (laughs) And it's just like this whole thing about how he pulls up to bunnies front yard. Like that whole joke of, is he going to be, you know, how is he going to do it? And now he's got a new car. Yeah. That just doesn't look like his type. It just, it just, it, it cracks me up. That was funny. What did he say? What are you, what are you hanging with uh, strippers now, Mike? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? And that was not. Um, that meeting was not as fun. You know, it seemed like Mike wanted to kind of sit down and chat a little bit. You know, or almost just the way he sits in the chair. It's like yeah. he's more comfortable, you know? He can relax for a second. It's like he's looking for a friend, but he yeah. realizes he can't. He, can't he wanted exactly. to talk to him yeah. more, but this is business hours, and he, he's got so much going on. He's got to keep that relationship. I mean, we see him talking about Orion and having beers and buying chairs, but then there's the business stuff that at any time something could go wrong. And So it, it's like he wanted – it's almost like he wanted out. Wanted He needs a break, but he's not getting it. You know what I mean? Like he needs that break. And and it's funny because with the bear, how he tells the bear, I'm not, that was a one-time thing. I'm not feeding you, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, that theme with the prison guard. I mean, everything, it all comes full circle. And it's just like, oh man, it's just, uh, don't feed it, the bear. He fed the bear. That's the name of our podcast. Feed the bear, baby. Right. He did it. And just like the guy told him, they're going to come back. They want more. They want, they want more. more, baby. Um, I thought that Bunny was so quick and so curt and definitely was hiding something. And Mm. when Mike asked him if he's ever worked with Milo's crew, you ever work with Milo? And he says, I never work with those crackers, right? Right. Oh. And he said that um, they're crazy. I felt something weird there, man. And with what's going Mm. on with Milo... And font whatever is in the he's sending Mike to get whatever he's got over Mike's head. Mike couldn't even fi- figure that's something you know. Mike couldn't figure it out. I just feel like maybe Bunny is there's something he didn't want to talk to Mike. Is it with Milo or it? Of course, it could also be the prison because that's the main point of what they're talking about. And mm-hmm. he says things are getting worse. But I do feel like Bunny, is, this was not as as great a meeting, as a friendly a meeting as they've had in the past, even with all the bullshit and, and gang stuff. I just felt like Bunny was hiding something. And, no, that's a, that's a, I didn't yeah. pick that up. But now that you mentioned it, I totally see that. And even like, you know, Mike at the end wants to tell him and then he stops himself. Mm-hmm. Does he think? Bunny's hiding something. 
That's you know, it, it's that whole chess match. Yeah, he's just reminded like this ain't your buddy. You know. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, as much as you want, you want you to take his son, his a uh, cousin or nephew or <laughs> to, to hockey games and, and and have beers with me. Our day jobs are, you know, in the end, are, they are what they are. Yep, it's the, tribal. The tribe calls. Know? And speaking of that, we are we talked about Mike's uh, entry into the prison, but let's chat about his meeting with Milo, the lawyers there. And that dude's a great character. Oh, my God. He's been in everything, man. I was like, oh, good. That's his lawyer. He's a great actor. <laughs> I can't be I can't be here in this. I shouldn't be here in this. Yeah, that's great. You know, um, and uh, I, I again, I ha- always have to compliment, man. Jeremy Renner is just like that dude is a spark plug, man. Like when he turns it on and in this when he's just like pushing for this meeting. No, in a fucking hour. I'll be there. Yeah. It's just great. And then when he gets there too, he's just ready. He there's, I thought that there might be a little fear with meeting Milo. You know what I mean? Um, I felt we might have a little bit more of that entry does kind of make us like, Oh gosh, we're going to finally meet Milo. You know, it gives that tension, but I thought Mm -hmm. there'd be more tension, but Mike isn't having any of it. He does not seem intimidated by him. No, he doesn't. And he, I don't know if it's, he doesn't have time to fear with, you know, his brother getting killed and then he's been pushed in, you know, he took on this whole new life or not new life, but a different, more responsibility. He's, you know, basically doing jobs of two people, if you want, maybe even three. Um, But I didn't feel the fear, but it's almost like reading Milo. It was like, you have, like, I just feel as, as, He's not worried. He, he, he's, you know, eventually, okay, he's going on. And he, he doesn't treat him like he's not afraid of him. It doesn't seem, but it just feels like in Milo's face, he's just like, you have no idea what, what is coming, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And, and I just feel like there's so many, like Milo's, Milo was calculating. He, 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 he knows the plan that's going on. And honestly, Mike feels like, it doesn't seem like he's prepared for it. No. And a lot of it could be because he's dealing with so much other crap, especially with the whole prison thing and the guards and all that stuff that he spread himself too thin and he can't concentrate, even though, you know, like last week he did go, you know, why did he do this? This isn't Milo's thing. He's calculated, he, you know, he, he's evil, but he, he's not, he Crazy. doesn't do stuff yeah. like that. It, yeah. And so he, he caught it there and I'm wondering Knowing Mike, he probably is thinking ahead, and maybe that's the why he's treating him like that. But I just feel like he could really get fucked um, by Milo or or get surprised by something because I just feel like Milo's got a huge plan, and it's been a slow burn. Like as we said, you know, we've been seeing Iris and him, and and it started off slow, and now it's building up, and we're getting extended scenes with them more and more. And it just, I, that's a scene that I really would like to go back and watch after the season's over to see if there's any clues or Mm. how, you know, tying their reactions and thoughts with what happens to see if there was any clues there. Cause I'm not, there's something there. I just, you know, we just don't know yet. Um, unless you've read the other scripts, (laughs) you know, it's going to be tough, but that's the great, 
thing about the building of this story. Um, so it is not what I expected. I ex like I expected Mike to be a little more like, but uh, at least it pleading was, with him, like Milo, what do you, you know, like, come on, let's, yeah. let's, let's have some, but he was just, he was aggressive <laughs> and angry. And I mean, we've, I, I, as I've said, I do think that if we go back, it was originally Mike's idea to be hard on the prisoners. And he also kind of played into what, but he always, he, this is what happens when you take every side, right? He he's tries to take every side. We do find out, I think we have some clarity, obviously here about if we believe Milo, that Iris failed to do her job. So she got sent back to her old job. So basically whatever I still, that's one thing that I still don't get. Like he did not really give Iris a lot of time <laughs> to do her job. Like no, she got to go there once. Then she do strip for a little bit. It seemed like she was going to try again, right? He won't take her calls. So they, inter they interceded because it looks like there's a time limit on what's happening here. That land is going to be sold, right? We got to get out of from it this secondary item. Um, right. So we do at least find out a little bit about Iris. And he does say something to Mike. He says, I, I know, but now I know how to get to you. I just have to break an angel's wing or, you know, right. you'll, co you'll come running, which I think is also, it has to be, it ties me into a little theory I have, which Ooh. is perhaps and I'm just kind of working on it now. It's not fully fleshed out. But is it possible that Mitch getting shot and, and uh, our original lady getting shot was on Milo's orders? That mm. this, this wasn't something that happened by accident? And that it all coincides with some, with whatever was going on with Mitch previously, because we we have theorized that Mitch got hooked, right? So right. if <clears throat> Mitch was hooked similarly with um, his wife with Vera, with yeah. Vera, right? That was called Milo's wife, but Milo doesn't seem too uh, upset that she's dead. Um, <laughs> like, or working as a stripper. Yes, yeah. or working as a stripper. Exactly. And, was, and not giving her protection. Yeah, okay. was that all Ooh, Axel. That, that would make sense why there was no protection mm -hmm. for her and that he went outside. It wasn't just the Russian. Like if a Russian killed him, right. it would have been easy. You know, the fact that he went out, even when Carlos goes, that wasn't sanctioned. Well, they're not sanctioned, but that wasn't part of their gang. That, exactly. that he, he did that on his own. Yep. And the fact that he's in his house chilling, just smoking yes. a bomb, thinking he's protected. Yep. That, he, you know, that's a great. That, wow, you know what that actually. reminded me of, Solo? When we see the FBI agent, the crooked FBI agent get taken out, right? Yeah. Don't He's give me brain damage. He obviously owes something big to Milo and he had right. to do that. So is, was it the same? Is that, did we begin this story like that as well? So that's, I'm just, mm. just <laughs> that's, it's, it's some good food for thought. Like very good. Like 
I'm talking like filet mignon and or yeah. whatever. <laughs> but, uh, not no there subway we stuff. We'll see, man. No, I like that because yeah. it would make sense. And because I, I always was just wondered why Alberto was mm-hmm. just chilling exactly with all that money. It just didn't make sense to me. And the whole thing, hmm. and and what and what was in that, and what was in the safe the money they got for milo it's just there's too much of a connections here and kind of it seems a little bit of foreshadowing as far as how the plot has played out and we still don't know mike doesn't even understand when he talks to kyle he's not even able to understand what leverage milo really has against them you know he's saying i don't understand why he's saying because milo tells him Go get a case in the woods. And he's like, but I'm being followed by the FBI. He says, right. They'll know what to do with it when you find it. Yes. So, but that's it. But it was also implied in the conversation that that was somehow a threat that if the FBI finds it, it's going to somehow incriminate Mike. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Right? It could be a whole setup. So exactly. So he's being set up. Mm. So it's like, what is really going on here? And I have to say, right. it, there definitely is a mystery here because in the behind the scenes, uh, little thing they do, they have a very quick interview with Baelish. Oh wait, I'm sorry. That's not his name. <laughs> he says, I'm doing a shoot from Sansa. Um he, <laughs> sa- he says uh but he does say okay. he says it's very she- well in his Irish accent, his real accent. But he, he does say he says that it's very secretive. He says there's some there's a mystery here that's going on. So and, and could this be tied to Mitch. That's I Could that's be something what like, I think. You know man. what I mean? It goes you know, back farther. Maybe it's even tied to their dad who supposedly started this thing, right? Like yeah. I, I think yeah, that the, something's going on the, there, man. Yeah, the only thing with the I was thinking of the Alberto thing when he finds the map in Vera's place. Like, was he looking for that? I mean, he just stumbled, he mm-hmm. said he stumbled upon upon it or whatever. He found the map, and that's how he but it's like and almost like it, the thing's not going to say, yeah, the, this thing's not going to be like, money is here. Follow this. You know, it's like, so that's interesting. And, and I hope, I hope you're right because that would make a lot of sense. And would really, again, as the wire did, and as this show's doing, then you go back, watch the season. You're like, Oh my God, the clues are there. Yeah. It's just, it's just, they're hard to, finds because it's 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 not spoon fed for you which i like it why we love the show and and i like too that i and and i'm and as we've said in many pods i'm cool if i don't if it, it, it it doesn't need to be that all the crumbs lead to it because there are things that we just don't know right and that is the way the world works we don't if if it is something totally different. I'm cool with that. I just, I, I think they're just doing a great job of doing this spoon fed, like you're saying, which keeps us watching and interested as well. Um, I do, we, we should mention quickly. Well, let's, let's continue. Let's continue Mike's story because okay. my, Mike meets with Milo. And then basically we have Kyle meeting with Mike at the cabin. We talked a little bit about that. 
I think that this was an important scene because it really it, it, it builds upon the last scene we have at the cabin when they were talking about their life, whether Kyle should take the other job. Now things mm-hmm. have gotten even worse. He he finally tells him that his wife is pregnant, and he's like, "I know, <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> mommy like, dearest, I know." Probably. And then he's and then Kyle starts talking. Now he's having these fantasies of moving far away, right to a small little a Florida town and giving spring breakers tickets. Which sounds like Mike dreaming that he could cook in the woods, which he hasn't talked about in many episodes, you know? And he even says that mom says, I shouldn't hang out with you. (laughs) And he's like, you're right. He's like, you're right. You shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that that was these little, these are, is this, I'm still waiting to see, and we've only got two episodes left, right? Or three episodes left, whether mm. the the brothers will be torn apart. Right. You know, right. whether Kyle's going to be forced to choose his gang of cops and Mike is right. going to choose a different mm. gang. Um, but so far that hasn't happened. And I thought that this was actually like the sweetest scene in a very not sweet episode. Right. Right. Two brothers yeah. hanging out, having a beer. He even brings him a sack. I wanted to see what food he brought him. I'm going to guess. Well, well, it's Midwest. I mean, a shot in Canada, but it's mid, you know, it's supposedly around Detroit. Mm. It's probably some local like Thai food or something. Thai food? Oh, I don't know. I, I like that. I, was, I thought it would maybe, maybe like a greasy burger and fries, you know? I like that could that. be good to have could with be. a beer. Yeah, you're probably right. I doubt it's Thai food. I don't know why I said Thai food. <laughs> Maybe you're hungry. So just look. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Bad Thai. Um, yeah, not probably not Michigan. So Kingston. Okay. We get the conversation with Mike and Kyle. That's that happens. Um, and then Mike goes out. Our other two kind of. Of course, Mike is present in everything. They find the FBI guy's body, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But we get the two scenes with him going out and digging. And the first, I think this I wanted to say was very cool the way he goes out twice and actually has to realize, fuck, I'm going to need a a, a, um, metal detector. (laughs) We mentioned a metal detector, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, why did he go twice? But I thought it was like, oh, I guess he just, because the no, first time he went, it was like to show us what the fuck? This is immense. I think, yeah, I think it was some recon, like to find out if, it, it, like to, to check it out during the day. Is there someone waiting for him? Could it be, well, you know, or okay. it, it, like, like if it was a, could it be a trap? Could it be, I mean, what is the deal? How security, if, is there anyone you know, I think it was one of those. And then he, you know, he realizes, oh, crap, this, you know, this is a big field. Okay. And then metal detector time. Um, I, th- I think that's what it more was. And, you know, again, it's establishing it because we only seen it in the dark. Um, and that was a while ago. True. But the fact that he found the needle in a haystack, um, which is you know very interesting. And, and just that shot when he's digging up at the end, digging up the box and it goes 
six feet underground that yeah. shots darkness I, I was like is there gonna be a body <laughs> a zombie or well a that's the question what do you think's in there <sighs> i think it's just a keepsake box it has not um you know honestly the only thing i could think of is it's some sort of evidence that links to a possible murder or something, something like that. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. You don't think I it's really money. don't know. You don't think it's more money? No, no, that box doesn't. I mean, it depends how big the box is, right? Is it a really small box or is it, it a sounded huge? when he hit it? It sounded to me. Like it was huge. Like it was a like, like a toolbox or like no something bigger like, than that. Like it was like when you hit one of those um underground septic tanks or something. You know what I mean? Like it Right, it, it, right. I thought and I don't know and that's I don't know what it would mean. My initial reaction was uh, unconnected to plot or anything was just were they was it like human trafficking? Is it like a is it like a freaking bus full of dead people or something or that died in a car? Oh, you're thinking home? that big. Oh, yeah, you like that big. They, oh, okay. We know that there's a there's um they do cargo there. They're on the river, right, or one of the Great Lakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. There there's shipping going on. It maybe it seemed to me like maybe it was a big shipping container. And maybe there, like it's there was what? human trafficking or something. And then, but then, why does he want the cops to find? It? And then Mike finds it. And, and what does like, what does that do to Mike? Yeah, yeah he I, pins it on him. I mean, Mike has enough connection to the cops to be able to explain. Hey, Milo told. That's what. Right. I'm. I'm st- I have to admit, we are the podcasters here. I'm. I'm. I am confused. I. I. I need. I don't know what would be. You think of money, right? Evidence, like you're saying. Bodies. Yeah, I don't think money money wouldn't be a big deal because Milo wouldn't. I mean, Milo wouldn't want him to go get more money and get caught with it. And he would have so just I, told I think him the money was money there out. the first time. They already went from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Money, money. Yeah. It's definitely not money. It's got to be something linked. I, I, I think it's got to be something linked to Mitch, maybe to really soil his name, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it's something he was involved mm-hmm. in. Um, that's that's my best guess, but I'm with you. I really don't know. Well, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to go with a bunch of like 30 dead women or something because Milo is obviously involved with human trafficking. I mean, Iris is a, basically a prisoner uh, and we see what happens to her. Duke. We didn't talk about that too much. That's kind of, that was... Yeah, man. Just the, when the door was open and she almost gets out and the guy's like, let's take a shower. It's like, first yeah, he seems uh, nice, kind of like, hey, it's just a big dude. And he's like, let's take a shower so I can rape you. It's like just terrible, man. It's, it's, yeah, it, that's that's definitely a downgrade from old judges at nice hotels. I mean, this Oof. is the, you know, this is the rock bottom. Or and the women joining it. in. Too, yeah. right you know what that reminds me of i remember when i was a kid one of the most shocking movies i can't remember which dirty harry it is but when she's raped by a, a dude and his girlfriend do you remember it was it, and, and mm. it was um it was uh the actress uh 
who was married to Clint. No, she never got married to Clint Eastwood. Actually, that's not such a great story. Their relationship. Yeah, the, oh, I thought you meant the, the story you're telling right now. No, no, I have no, no idea. But that, that I think it was. Was it the Deadpool? I think maybe it was that movie. You know, I believe it or not. I've only seen the first Dirty Harry. I've never seen the other ones. Oh, you ooh, you should watch them, dude. They're crazy. Yeah, I, I, I own the Dirty Harry collection. I just got, I, yeah. I own more movies than I could watch. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, that that you know, because you know, thinking like they bring her in, she's number one, and it almost felt like it's sudden impact. She was she was just a, a sudden impact. Okay, yeah. it was. Um, it, I mean, she was just like a. It was almost like she was set up to fail. Yeah, that, like, it, it is like that, isn't it, Solo? Yeah. You're not given any time to, but it show, but she doesn't matter, right? Like, that's the thing. Uh, Russian Joe, right, may have said how powerful she was and she's a spider and she's a black widow and all this kind of stuff. But really, Milo, she's just another another girl to use for Milo and for these men. Or is this not with her, but with Milo, is this a major long Kong? The fact with Duke? Joe, the Russian brought mm. it to Duke yeah. and, and Mike said, I, I won't be able to find her. She's a needle in a haystack. Who knows, you know wh- and, where she's going to be. Yeah. Could that be a connection there? Could that be leverage for Duke to use, like, could Milo be in with all these different groups, <laughs> shaking hands, seriously shaking hands and making yeah. deals with everyone behind the Gosh. scenes? Maybe that's what's going on, and they're going to take over, and Kingstown's going to turn into like you know, the last castle. Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting. It almost feels like they. It, to me, at this point in episode seven. Um, Along came a spider with Morgan Freeman and Ashley Judd. I think was Ashley Judd in that one. Yeah, I can't I think remember. So. Yeah, she won. Um, the of course I made a stupid joke and I lose my train of thought. <laughs> but typical. It's getting. No, but deep. it just seems like it's getting deep, and I feel like Milo has got this huge freaking plan involved, and he's gonna he's got his hands in every different thing. I really believe that the fact that he's at the other prison makes a hell of a lot of sense because i I just i just feel like there's a lot of stuff going on yeah i'm loving it man and we don't i don't have the answers we are watching it with you all folks watching it they are definitely weaving a web here and you're right as we talked about before milo seems to be loosely connected to duke right not his boss, though. He gives her as a gift, right? Right. And why? We know that she doesn't seem to be enjoying this experience, obviously, but that doesn't that doesn't speak to Milo's intentions. Well, so, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm thinking there's going to be a piece there because something big is going on. Yeah. Iris, Mike does care for Iris and would rescue her. Maybe he makes a deal with Duke, which that deal in turn mm-hmm. helps out Milo and a deal he's got. You know, it's all connected. Yeah. I mean, I would think. Because you're right. That's so. funny that he says she's a needle in the haystack. And then meanwhile, she's at a guy's house that he hangs out with every episode. <laughs> yeah. He's got his window. I'm sure it's yeah. going to be there soon. So it's not, she's not really that hidden away. Uh, great, man. All right. This is a great episode. 
definitely a lot going on. Hopefully we covered it well. Things are coming together and we're kind of, we're on the precipice. I, you know, we're going to push yeah. into a conclusion. I feel like almost I'm getting a feeling we've been doing this a long time solo. This is episode seven. I'm getting a feeling that like eight, nine, 10 are going to be like one big episode. You know what I'm saying? Like action. It, it already is like that. It's, it's so serialized. It's the boiling point. The, yes. the, the water's boiling. We yep. just added the pasta and stuff's going to exactly. start to form. Yep. So grab that strainer and let's get <laughs> ready to make dinner, baby, on the DVR yeah, Podcast Network. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We love you. Have a happy holiday if you're celebrating it. If you're not and you're just off work and watching everyone else, we'll have a happy holiday, too. We love you. We appreciate you. We, we couldn't do this without people listening. So, Solo, I'll let you take us out. Well, do you want to go out to dinner? You want to go to a, a ball game? As <laughs> If you act like your parents, you would say that. What are those Geico commercials? Um, anyway, we're not. Geico doesn't do anything, but we, I like um, Joaquin. It's like, Keanu. What? The dude goes, Joaquin. I freaking, that kills me in that commercial. Anyway, no, thank you, everyone. This has been a pleasure. Again, I'm sure in, in the history of this, we may get a lot of listeners years later or months later. So uh, we're happy for our first batch of committed listeners and then the others to come. And yeah, have a great holiday weekend. Be safe. Uh, be thankful for, you know, we li- we're in some tough times right now and things are starting to get a little wacky again. But just stick together. Be smart. Love your family. Um, you know, don't don't worry about what you don't have and just cherish what you do have and better days are coming and maybe not in Kingstown, but in life. But, yeah. you know, sometimes you want to watch something that makes you feel good about yourself. You're like, I'm glad I'm not in prison. I'm glad I'm not feeding bears. I'm glad I'm, you know, no, but seriously, um, this show has been a pleasure to do with you, Axel. And, you know, to your family, Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll, we'll have an episode out before New Year's and then after New Year's, uh, another one. And then the finale right after that. So uh, three left. Three left, baby. Yep. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Let's enter the age of cooperation. Like Miriam said, that's what we're talking about. Right, Solo? The age that's of right, competition baby. is over. The age of cooperation is here. We sign out now, our long ending. Do we have anything else we want to say before we leave? <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm ending it. Peace. Wait, wait, wait. My bag of marshmallows. Where did they go? <laughs> Don't feed the bear. Feed the bear. <laughs>